once you can take responsibility for where you are in the business and if you're struggling, don't be afraid to reach out to me, reach out to Albert, reach out to John, reach out to people for help on how to work your way out of the position of of struggling. Like I've been up and down this roller coaster so many times over the last two years. Uh, thanks for joining us this week, this week on the Elite Sales Podcast. I'm very happy to be joined in studio this week. Special guest, Sam. Do you like prefer Sam or Samuel? I just go by Sam. Okay. Sam Hankey, one of the uh, genuinely nicest guy in all of FFL. Uh, we've got co-host John Macron. How are we doing? we got Bryce producing behind the, behind the scenes here. And... <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, actually, I, I, um, you know, we're, we're going to start because Sam, you know, too much to our benefit and to, to trace chagrin, he actually moved out from the high desert and actually moved out into what city, uh, Fullerton city, Fullerton. So moved into orange County, which is nearby here in Los Angeles County here in Gardena. Um, you know, but you know, he, he hit me up one day on, on the, uh, on, 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 on direct message me and just said like, Hey, you know, your, can I come to your office? And I'm like, yeah, of course he can come to the office. And he's like, Oh, I should move down. I'm like, awesome. So then he came in, we talked, we chatted up a little bit. And then he he just gonna be working out of this office from time to time, you know, just you know, obviously you can work remotely, you still go on the field. But um, just one of these guys that I'm genuinely happy to to be able to have more association with because we've been trying to get him on a podcast for a while. But uh I, I recognize it was it was a bit of a trek to come from the high <laughs> desert. That would have been like what. Three two, hour, three hours, two, three hours, two, three hours, depending on traffic. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you leave in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, but Sam's actually one of the, uh, one of the top producers within the company. He helps over 40 families a month. You know, he's got a really simple process and, and uh, he actually was at the LA sales conference a few, a few weeks ago, you know, so we got a chance to catch up at that point and got a chance to hear his training. And I thought it was like really fantastic stuff. So, you know, I just wanted to make sure that we were able to, to share this on a, broader platform with more people so people can get a chance to, to learn and apply whatever they can from this type of training. Um, but before we get started with everything, I guess, you know, you probably agree with me, John, Sam, Sam here, every time, every time we've seen him at national convention, we see him at conferences, see, see him around just at different events. He always has a really happy, positive disposition. Always, always, always very upbeat. Always really, really, really uh, pleasant to talk to. He's got a great attitude. So, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the, uh, the, the question that begs to be asked here is you must have all the secret leads and <laughs> you must have some type of unfair advantage in order for you to be in a position to, to, to be helping 40 families and always have a positive outlook. Correct. True or false? Uh, false. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you, uh, thank you for having me on and thanks for inviting me on. And uh, it's, you guys uh, were some of the, first people I got to meet in, in the business at, a, at my first meetings. And you guys were very, very welcoming, uh, and very nice. So I appreciate it. And thank you guys for having me on. It's an honor, uh, you know, um, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, what you said about the leads, no, I don't have the secret leads. Um, but you have a secret system that you I, obviously be getting all kinds of help for you to be this happy all the time. Cause well, do no, no, no secret system. Um, <laughs> I'll do a lot of it is the it's so you, one thing I've learned because I've gone through the up and ups and downs in the business and mm. the roller coaster. And one thing I've learned is that your mind can either be your greatest weapon 
and your greatest ally in and being an entrepreneur and, and doing this business, or it can be your greatest enemy. Um, and I've had it, I've had lots of times where it's both where I struggle with it, where it's my best friend. And then I struggle with it where it's like, I'm my own worst enemy. Um, so I've just gotten, I've learned the skills needed in order to manage that. And I've also, um, kind of came to a place in the business where I can figure out how, how to make it work for me and what I want to do. That's good. Yeah, and obviously I'm I'm uh, I'm joking because you know what well it is true every time every time I see you you're upbeat you know you got nothing but positive things to say which me being this experience and John being this experience we know you know people go through their ups and downs but for the people that actually continue to push forward and actually have a positive outlook on their situation we just know this person has a real ability to be able to fix it or they're really good at lying <laughs> <laughs> but I mean but but sometimes it's a little bit of both because the thing is you know how we feel, how we feel, you know, and how we look at a certain situation, it definitely impacts our ability to be able to fix it. Right. Yeah. And you, you, and last time you were here, you, you mentioned that you're taking courses in theater. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I came down to study theater and do plays and audition and take acting classes. Okay. So do you, do you, and we, we had someone else that's, that's, uh, or the theater major back in college. Yeah, uh, he's on our team. He's he's done really well. Mark Mark Banks, shout out. Um, Micah too, I think. Micah as well. Yes. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, do you feel like that's helped your career here in sales? Oh, dude, absolutely. Because I mean, it 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 goes hand in hand. It's very similar. Like to to be a successful actor, you have to deal with a lot of rejection. To be successful in in sales and in business, you have to deal with a lot of and be comfortable with dealing with a lot of rejection. You get you know you. you you go through 40 no's to get one yes, you know, and that, that has to be, you, it has to be worth it for you to do it. So. And regardless of how, how, how you're feeling deep down inside the show must go on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's, it's kind of like you, you assume a role, right? So you're assuming the underwriter role or the telesales person role, whether Dude, you're feeling great or not. A hundred percent. I watched a, a podcast with Andrew Taylor and he talked about how doing in-home presentations is like a play because you're the thing that's consistent and you have your structure and your script for the in-home, but the audience is always going to be different. Right. It's going to be sitting in front of a different Bob or a different Mary or, you know, like stuff like that. So I got excited when I heard that. I was like, Oh, I can do this. No, that's totally true. Cause, Cause you never know how the person on the other end of the phone is going to react. I mean, you, you'll get a better idea over time because you have, you've seen it more, more stuff, but overall it's still kind of an individual. It's like a new audience every single time. You got to, you got to assume the role. Sometimes the, the role that we're just assuming is we're, we're assuming the role of the person that no kind of knows what they're doing, which is not, <laughs> which doesn't always have to be true, but you know, like yeah. we're learning on the, on the, in the, along the way and just gotta, just gotta keep, keep putting ourselves out there. And that's how you get over it. That's smart though. If you run the play, right. Whether you know it or not it can work out for you. How long, how long have you uh, been in insurance now? To, uh, since March of 21. So about two and a half years. This is FFL is your first insurance, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's, that's, that's perfect segue. Let's, let's take a step back. What'd you do before this? How'd you get into insurance? How's everything treated you up to this point? Yeah, dude. Um, so I've been, I started in March of 2021. I started off part-time. A buddy of mine used to work out of the Apple Valley office with Paul and Andrew. Uh, and he told me about it and I said no. And then it kind of stewed in, in my brain for a month or two. Why initially no? Um, I, I didn't believe I could do sales. Like I didn't, I had no, 
I had no sympathy for salespeople and I, <laughs> I was, it wasn't for me. I never thought about it. Um, but what had gotten me to consider it was the fact that there were, were leads and I didn't have to prospect or go door to door. So that opened up my idea to it. And I was already researching stuff like Forex investing and, and all these different types of ways to make additional income to my current part-time job. Yeah. What um, were you doing before? I was uh, washing semi trucks in the okay. Mojave desert. Yee. Yeah. Uh, and I was going to school. Okay. Um, so I was making, or I was, I was making a, a, around like $20,000 a year. Okay. Just okay. part-time. Um, so I was looking for something to increase my income. So I, I knew, I understood you need to invest money to make money. So it was just a matter of finding the right vehicle. And uh, l- luckily I was blessed enough that uh, someone told me about FFL. So, yeah. And, and that's kind of, that's kind of a important point. I mean, some, sometimes we're not going to convince people right away, but you know, if we have an opportunity that we find value in and we think others could possibly find the same type of value or maybe more because I don't know, not, not everyone's cut out for certain parts of the business or, or their attitude is at that moment, but then there's other people out there who can potentially be better than you. Right. And that's always what I'm looking for. And not just that. Um, What did your buddy say to you? Like, what if we can say the same thing to somebody we know and find a Sam? What did your buddy say to you that got you like, okay, yeah, maybe. What was his pitch? Yeah. Well, how did he pitch you? Well, dude, we were just talking and uh, he had gotten me a, a different, he had gotten me a job and uh, I just told him, I was like, Hey man, I'm not making enough income. Like, um, and he just brought up that he used to sell insurance and uh, he, he's not here anymore. He wasn't even here. He was going to come back with me mm. and uh, he was going to get his license again. And he never did. Um, but no, dude, it's just simple of explaining like what it was like, Hey, we, there's leads, we call them, we go see them and the insurance carriers pay this much if they sign up for the policy and you can make as much as you want, depending on how hard you're willing to work. Um, it was very, he kept it very simple and, you know, he sent me some websites to look at and a few months later I got my insurance license. So he didn't, he didn't sell you pie in the sky and say like, oh, it's so easy. You're going to make a, make a ton of money. And No, no, he was, he was, he told me it was hard work that's and good. yeah, it's a business. So, but that, that's what made me want to do it. It wasn't, you know, if he was, if he came on like that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here today. That, that That's a, that's a good point for everyone to take. Cause I think sometimes we tend to oversell it. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I, I think it's important to tell, just to be realistic about things with people. And yes, there, there's, huge potential here, but you know, you got to put in work, you got to invest in your business. You got to put in the work. If you don't do it, you don't make anything. So, yeah, I think um, selling it from an even standpoint and not overselling it and then really selling the part about hard work. That's a good filter for a lot of people. Like you don't want to bring in somebody that thinks they're going to make money immediately. Those are possible potential chargebacks or liabilities. It's going to be a headache to work with them too because they're just like, oh, it's so hard. (laughs) And then they blame it back on you. You promised me the world. You promised I could work one day a week and make a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah, dude. And there's a learning curve to it. But honestly, what once you get through the learning curve, we're really blessed to be able to do what we do because hard work is subjective, right? Um, if I'm out there washing semi trucks in the Mojave desert, like I do consider that harder, harder labor compared to what we do here. What we do here, um, 
it, the hardest thing about it is, is the mindset. Like, it's just, it, like, I, it took me a long time to remember this and to, to keep it cemented, but I've come to the realization that I don't sell insurance. People just buy it. And that's my whole goal. Every, every week when I'm booking appointments, I'm going to go see people is Mm. I can't control. There's certain things I can control, which is of course, attitude and activity. And there's certain things I can't control, which is what people are going to say, whether people are going to sign up for insurance, whether they're going to keep their insurance or not, um, or, or whether or not, um, they're going to be there when I show up for the appointment, but I can control how many I schedule and I can control uh, my mindset when I'm dialing and when I'm talking to people about insurance. Okay. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a cool approach to look at. So if, if you're not selling insurance and people are buying it, what do you see your function as? My, my function is to keep my schedule full because a lot of times I was, I've been very self-critical on, on myself in this business. Um, you know, whether I fail or I get a no sale or, uh, a client doesn't show up for an appointment. I always self criticize, or I always, I'm very critical of myself looking back like, Oh, what could I have done better? What could I have tweaked? And what could I have you adjusted? Took it personal? I take, yeah, exactly. Taking it personal and thinking that I am making a severe mistake in something when in reality, like, no dude, that's not the case. You just ran 10 appointments this week. Like <laughs> you only talked to like five people. Like you just need to get a full schedule. Um, you know, it's it's amazing uh, what a poor salesperson uh, can do when they have a full schedule. Going back, going back to your original story. So you so you got into insurance, and then what what was like your first step after after that? After you got your license, like what what, what did you conceive of? Like what's what's the next step for you? Oh, dude. So I ran my first uh, appointment. My uh, Elaine gave me an appointment, gave me her appointments one day, and uh, I drove out there and. Got a speeding ticket on the way to my first appointment, <laughs> and I wore I wore a bow tie and I wore a sweater vest, oh and I wore on monthly student insurance salesman, student insurance salesman. During the summer, too? this was during the summer, yeah. In desert, and I drove to Baker's, or not Bakersfield, Palmdale. Oh my god, Lancaster, and uh, I sold my first appointment, and they canceled it the next day, <laughs> uh, and I spent three hours at his home, so I took that personally. Along with the drive front and back. Well, how many, how many hours like, is that? It was like an hour and a half from Victorville. So okay. it was three, three hour drive for the day. And you only had the one appointment. I had eight, but I only okay. sat like two because <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. I sat three hours in each home. At least you had a full schedule. Yeah. I had a full schedule though. Um, and dude, I, as, as soon as that happened, dude, I fell in love. I fell in love with it. Cause it was, it was so much fun. I had a blast and, I looked at what Americo had paid and I was just blown away. It just, you know, it took, it would usually take me months to, to make that kind of income working part-time. And I, I did it with uh, an appointment. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, and I stayed part-time for a few months and it was all during COVID and I was going to school at the time for film and theater. And I got into it. I got into insurance to make extra income to focus on that. And uh, dude, I just, I just got tired of school. Cause it was all over zoom and I was going for production. So I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Right. So I, I dropped out and I went full-time in insurance. Um, and I, I was, uh, I've been full-time for two and a half years since. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like ever since I've known you, you were doing this full-time. So going back to your original, your first appointment that you sold that took three hours. <laughs> with, 
now that you have a little bit of experience under your belt, could you have done anything different for that? I mean, should you have sold yeah. it in the first place? I mean, was it oversold? Like, what's why did they cancel the next day? Oh, it was it was a one legger. <laughs> it was it was a one legger appointment, and uh, um, I, I, it was it was three hours because I I had a had a crappy old uh laptop computer, yeah. and it I had I had to connect to the guy's Wi Fi. And then it took like hours to do the e-app because I had never filled one out before. Right. Were you sweating the whole time? Oh, I, oh, I still man. sweat sometimes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was absolutely drenched in the in that bow tie and black sweater vest. And he made me do it outside. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> so what was the reason he canceled? Do I find um, out? I, I was too scared to call him back. Oh, you never followed I up? I never followed up after he canceled it. <laughs> I'm too scared. I mean, two and a half years of experience. You should call him back now, right? Oh yeah, I should. I I should call him back now. I should go door knock him actually. Yeah, man, and get the wife in too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll be going going back to that real quick. I mean, did anyone tell you not to do one legged presentation? I don't remember, dude. I don't think so. I, well, I'm sure it was probably in one of the videos, but I was so nervous, I didn't know what to do. Okay. Well, for all the new agents out there that are watching, why don't you do a one legged presentation? By one legged, we mean. If there if there there's a there, there's a spouse, like we should we should do our best to try to get both of both them there, there because it affects them. But if you, but if why you, why should we not? Yeah, why why should, what are the reasons not to? Dude, the wife's the beneficiary. You're not there to you're not there for the husband. You're there for the wife. They're gonna cover each other, so they both need to be there because in order to really build value and build a why and have it cemented, you need both of them there. Because uh, it's it's hard to you know, it's hard to ask you, Albert, hey, uh, what does life look like for your spouse if you're not here tomorrow? Can't paint the picture. You can't really paint the picture. But if your spouse was here, your spouse could say, oh, I don't know what I would do. And then that really that really is is super important when it comes to the presentation It's right. it's getting that spouse to explain what life would look like or to see their visceral reaction. Right. Yeah. To that, to that moment, because like if if the husband's like, I don't care what happens. It's like, <laughs> I mean, even if they don't buy, at least I caught, I created an argument when I leave here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you gotta decide without the wife. <laughs> and any other reasons? You got you got anything? To add yeah. To uh, decision making process is the biggest thing. Um, if you're selling a policy and it's coming out of a joint account or a family account. And only one person made that decision without the wife. That's where the beef and the fight's happening. How come you made this decision without telling me? I run the house. So yep. now you get the argument, right? And in worst case, if it's a one-legged same gender, now you're really in trouble. <laughs> or opposite gender, right? Let's say you're a female agent, you sold the husband. Okay. Now the wife's not around. Or vice versa, you're the male agent, you sold the wife. Husband didn't know about it. Who is this guy you were talking to without me? <laughs> All these things can, can happen. Yeah, I think I think when agents try to shortcut it, and, and so I mean, at least begs the question because some, sometimes once in, once in a while people will be like, I make all the decisions anyway, and that's fine. I don't I don't need I don't need my spouse to be there. Which half the time they're probably lying. Yeah, <laughs> or they're over they're overconfident, mm -hmm. and it's not actually the case. And then you will get those cancellations later. Yes, I I told my wife. Yeah, she didn't like it. <laughs> right. No, I've I've had people cancel that way because I I so I, I had someone swear up and down the street. They're like. No, I make all decisions, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. And then I presented and then I sold them. And then I got a cancellation. And I'm like, what happened? And then they're like, oh yeah, my my wife said she didn't, she didn't want, she, she didn't want to keep it. And I'm like, and, and you know, and really what it comes down to is like maybe maybe the wife really did need it and it really was gonna help her. It was really actually gonna help her anyway. But the thing is, like, we didn't give her the respect of 
allowing her to have the buy-in mm, to give yeah. her buy-in in that situation. So all they see with all they see is the price on the statement. Yep. They don't see the actual value of what, what the, the coverage actually entails. So like, yeah, messed ourselves up. Yeah, it, it wasn't sold to her. Yeah. And that's even if we get that far, most of the time, it's always going to be like, okay, I need to talk to my wife. Thanks for the quotes. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, that, I, I, that's even more frustrating because then, like, you go through the, you're they're like, no, I make all the decisions. You know, I, I don't, I don't need to talk to her, blah, blah, blah. You get to the thing, they're like, all right, well, you know, I'll look at, look at the, uh, these options. I'll call you back. You know, I'm just going to talk to my wife. It's like, bro, what did you, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you are a new agent too, you're like, oh man, I'm already here. I drove out here. I need to make a sale. I want to make a sale. Oh, yeah. All right, let's, let's try it. <laughs> and then you can walk out like, this. <laughs> what could happen? What's the worst thing that could happen? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. No, <laughs> it's just that's kind of a funny situation. <laughs> All right, so so um, this past month you helped over forty families. Yes, forty-five in June. Congrats! Didn't want to shortchange. Sorry. You. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you're... I, it's always it's always hard to say that because you don't want to sound like arrogant, but yeah, but you earned it. You, yeah, thanks, man. Thanks, man. Well, no, the reason why I I, I I put forty because you're on a you're on a podcast earlier this week. The guy that everyone mistakes me for, Stephen Yee and Sky Points. So you you got a chance. You're a busy week for you, but um yeah. So for forty five, like how yeah how does how does an agent go about doing that? Yeah, dude. Well, I think as much as it was running a full schedule and and running the numbers, I also think a lot of it had to do with um mindset and then setting setting like goals for yourself. Um, and, and a lot of like planning, um, for the day, the day before, um, well, cause to, to, to go through it for you, Albert, April, I helped maybe 15 families. Okay. May I helped maybe 13 families. Okay. Um, and dude, what, what a lot of it was is I, I came to this realization in business that I was chasing a lot of things that I didn't get into business for. So I was chasing things like, oh man, I want to be Hall of Fame producer. I want to, I, w- I want to uh, build a team, huge team. I want to get to VP. Uh, you know, I want, I want all these things. And um, it was, dude, part of it was like, I, I was, I was working so hard for these things that weren't the reason why I got into the business. Mm. And I was hitting points like stumbling blocks where I was starting to become resentful of the business. And I was just like, I like looked at myself and I was like, I dude, I, over a course of the year I had gained or over the course of the last two years, I gained like 40 pounds. I put on the insurance weight and <laughs> it's like the freshman 15 of insurance. I like, dude, I never worked out like, and I was like, dude, why am I doing like, what am I, I I'd stopped acting. I dropped out of school and I just started chasing money and there was no like strong reason why, like I'm, and I was like, dude, I got into this, I got into insurance to just make some extra income to where I can work a little bit less and focus on things I love to do, like acting, theater, storytelling, stuff like that. Um, so I came to this point in business where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, and it, all that to say, if Hall of Fame is your goal and you're passionate about it, do it. You should do it. That's great. That's absolutely, that's just not why I got into 
insurance to, you know, build a business. I got into insurance to make a little bit of extra income. So what made you decide I'm going to go for Hall of Fame? Well, dude, I, you know, just I out of insurance for me was going to be a means to an end. And somewhere along the lines, I got like the opportunity is great. Like the opportunity of what you're able to do here is amazing. It's, It's wonderful. Um, but it doesn't fuel my passion. Like I'm not like, I love helping families. I really, really do it. I it's, it's fun and I'm blessed to do it. Uh, it's not something I want to do for the rest of my life. Sure. Um, but that was like my, that was all I was doing all the time. It was only about work and I was sacrificing a lot of time with family, a lot of time doing like fun stuff. You know what I mean? And I just realized, you know, dude, I'm 23. Like, if if I don't give it a shot at something that I love to do, like acting, I'm going to regret it. And I can always come back and build a business or, or do that too. You know what I mean? But it was just like, it wasn't even to a point where I was, it was a goal that I was working on. It was something I idolized. Like, on in an unhealthy way. Unhealthy to the point where I, like stop doing the things that really made me like happy, like going to the gym, all this. And that's maybe that's an excuse on, on my behalf of not doing it, but. I mean, I I can understand because it's, there's always that chase of the work-life balance and you felt a little unbalanced chasing accolades now. Yeah, dude. And and that's, that's the thing is it wasn't work-life. It was chasing accolades and chasing money. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I asked, why'd you start chasing hall of fame? I mean, Trust me, I'm not. I'm not knocking that at all. I think it's. I think it's a really uh, huge, huge, significant achievement, and I think it'll make you a lot of money along the way. Yes. You know, but but the thing is, the question we all have to ask ourselves is like, why am I doing it? Like, what's what's the real reason? I didn't have a good answer, Albert. (laughs) I didn't have a good answer. So that and that that's what made me feel like I like I didn't have meaning in what I was doing. Yeah. So that's what made me miserable. Yeah, it's a conflict in your identity at that point. So, dude, April and May, I just slugged. Like, I just, like, my sales were cut down. I just was, you know, I was broke because I wasn't writing enough insurance. But, dude, once I started making moves towards what I love to do, all of a sudden, insurance became, like, the, like, I I found this mojo and I just, it like, it made me excited for insurance again. It made me excited to go make dials. It made me excited to go talk to families about insurance. The, do, what I, what I remember and during this whole time is like, this business is so much fun when we're dialing leads to book appointments, to go talk to families about insurance. It's fun when we're talking to families about insurance. The only time it's never not fun is when we don't have leads that sucks. We're not we're not having appointments on the calendar and we consistently enough and we're not talking to people about insurance. Right. Yeah. Empty schedule hurts. Empty schedule hurts because you start thinking too much. So you we were talking earlier, you said you you actually said, I mean, for as, as well as you've done here in your short period of time, and then you've you've uh you've helped over 40, 45 families last month, but six months ago you thought about quitting, right? Yeah. Yeah, dude, two months ago, I thought about quitting. <laughs> so it, it, Last it, week, I thought. About so it, it's, an on, it's an ongoing battle. Oh, it's, it's, always a, it's always an ongoing battle. 
Um, and, and I think the biggest things that have helped me with that is having a community, talking to agents, um, and having the right mindset and just consistently running and running the numbers every single week. Um, so I, I, I think that's one of the biggest parts of it. Okay. So to achieve 45, I mean, how much do you spend on leads? Like what type of leads do you work? Give us a yeah. breakdown. So I've been doing uh, IVR uh, mortgage protection leads okay. from Mid-Atlantic. Okay. And What's uh, IVR? So IVR, it's a, so it's a, it's a regular mortgage protection mailer that gets sent out, but instead of the client having to fill it out and mail it back, uh, it's just a postcard. It's it's a postcard they call in off of and they get into an RVR automated robot system. And it says something along the lines of, John, you may qualify for low cost mortgage protection plan. And same old thing. And instead of having to fill it out and mail it back, they only type in their phone number or they type okay, in. Okay. It's an answer. Yeah, it's like, a little like more high tech. Like activating a credit card kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly like that. And then some leads... As soon as they call in, they hang up because they don't want to talk to a robot. Some of them fill it out, send it back in. But either way, it's 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 a, a lead. Okay. So the cost per lead on these it's uh, it's lower than regular mortgage protection. It's usually ends up being between about uh, instead of and Smart. yeah and, yeah and the the interest level is is similar to not necessarily a full a filled out mortgage protection lead. That all the numbers work the same. Um, but it, it's very similar to like a final expense or, or anything like that. So, I mean, you work, you work mortgage now, but you've worked final expense. You've worked oh, all, dude, all, all yeah, different I work, types of leads. I still work final expense and I still work internet data too. Do you find like a major difference between final expense and mortgage? Dude. So the only difference with mortgage and final expense is that the mortgage leads have a loan final expense. They're usually just looking for burial insurance. So, um, I it's, it's pretty much a lead is a lead is a lead. And they're all pretty much the same type of client. Like, cause I'll have final expense people looking for something to protect their equity. Uh, mortgage people not necessarily worried about their loan, looking for something for more permanent, like burial or whatever. Yeah, because we we often get that from agents. They're like, only these type of leads work, and this person is the top producer because they use this type of leads and blah blah blah. And I'm always like, I don't know. I mean, like, you kind of get what you pay for. So I mean, I I think mortgage leads are more expensive. You probably get a higher premium because the nature of what they need to cover is a little bit more. Yeah, because they have they have a loan, so usually they do have income. But dude, I mean, I have mortgage clients that get a loan. And their mortgage payment is like, or say their income is like four thousand dollars a month. Their mortgage payment is thirty eight hundred. Yeah, I've seen I'm like, those. I'm like, dude, how do you even afford this house? Like, you need this. <laughs> Picking time bomb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Yeah, um, I've I've seen that because some sometimes people do get you know there's VA loans like they don't put a down payment in it, and then and then they just try to figure out their monthly payment. And I'm all like, one, you're this age, you're that old, and you have a brand new thirty year mortgage. How do I sell you this? Yeah, yeah, dude. We'll figure it out later. That's it's always a good strategy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then, so then, um, work working the mortgage leads. What can you uh, give run through your phone script for us? Yeah. Hey, Albert. Yes. 
Hey, Albert, this is Sam. I'm just getting back to you about the mortgage protection. It was for the 123 Main Street uh, here in uh, Fullerton. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I think this is the thing I, I called in for. Yeah, that's no problem. I'm just a field underwriter. I was the guy assigned to get the information back out to you later. It's just the insurance to pay off the loan. If you pass away, become disabled. Uh, I'll put a quick note because I know you're busy. Everything's non-medical, so you don't have to do a health exam. They just have me set up a time to ask you some basic health questions. Are you working full-time during the day, Al, or are you retired? I'm working. Okay, awesome. And then were you married or single? Single. Okay. Uh, we do everything virtually over Zoom or FaceTime. It takes about 10 or 15 minutes to go through the options for you. Do you know uh, what time you're typically home uh, from work during the day, either on Fridays or Saturdays? After five. After five. Okay. I don't have anything right at five, uh, but I do have a six or a seven tomorrow. Which one works better for you? Um, seven. Okay. Perfect. Go grab a pen and paper, Al. Okay. Okay. I'll have you write down. My name is Sam. This is for the mortgage protection. Uh, do you have a, a iPhone, Al, or an Android? Of course, an iPhone. Who has an Android? I, yeah, I know. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> have you ever used FaceTime before? Uh, yes. Okay, cool. I'll give you a, a FaceTime call. Uh, tomorrow evening, uh, what time you say work best? Seven. Seven. Okay, cool. I'll give you a call around seven. And uh, is there, they have me seeing about like 10 families tomorrow. Is there any reason you won't be home around seven? No, I should be home by then. All right. Awesome, Al. I'll give you a call then. All right. Hope you're enjoying the video so far. Please make sure that you like, subscribe, comment, anything to help us help support the algorithm so we can continue to bring you more valuable content and continue to be part of your lives. Also, if you don't feel that it's providing you that much support since you're already at this point, like and subscribe anyway. No, they don't always go that smoothly, right? No, they don't. Yeah. What, so what 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 do you do when you call and they're like, I don't remember filling anything out? Hey, that's no problem, Al. That's why I'm calling a mortgage protection. It's just the insurance with your loan to help pay off the property or protect the equity in the event you'd passed away or become disabled. I'm just the field underwriter signed to go through it for you. I'll put a quick note because I know you're busy. How much does this cost? That's why I was calling Albert. Everything's non-medical and there's like 30 different insurance carriers. They just have me set up a time to ask you the health questions so we can get the options sent out to you that you can qualify for. I think I already have some insurance. Perfect, Al. That's why I'm calling. Uh, I'm assuming uh, you're, since you already have some insurance, you were just shopping around to see what these rates were. Uh, I'll go ahead. I'll put a note here for you. My job is just to get the information out to you and what you do with it's up to you. That makes sense. Yep. Now you're only booking in Zoom or FaceTime. So what if they ask, you know, why can't you just tell me on the phone? I'll do I'll do a telephone appointment if they if they don't want to do a Zoom or FaceTime. I just don't give them the option at first. Uh just because I prefer to do it over Zoom or FaceTime. That way you can you can give uh still face to face connect right. a bit. Smart. So yeah. Have you tried just straight telesales? Yeah. And you yeah. notice a difference between virtual and and a virtual with a virtual online and tell straight telephone. It's, it's pretty, it's the same thing. Um, I, I kind of like it cause I can still connect with the client a bit, a yeah. little bit more over zoom or FaceTime. Um, so I, it's just a preference on my end. Um, but phone, regular phone appointments work too. Uh, is, is this only for mortgage protection or do you do the same thing for, um, same thing for final expense. Okay. Um, final expense. I'll try to do, I'll try to include a little bit of more one call closes. I'm not great at them. Uh, and I prefer the structure of booking appointments. Um, but I do notice um, 
overall my my show ratio for virtual is between 50 to 60 percent typically so i i always try to book a little bit more especially if i'm running final expense um just because typically clients are a little bit older yeah so they might have their, you know, government phones or Metro phones. Yeah, dude. So they, <laughs> they got three messages. Like they can't even figure out how to check, check their text while talking text. to you. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. So, um, I don't know. a question, follow up question for that. Lost my train of thought with this Obama phone talk. <laughs> You're in the mortgage protection with objections, um, on booking the appointment. Yeah. But I had a follow up question for that specific point. Um, oh yeah, when you're in the, when you're going out in person for for the for your appointments, did you notice a? I mean, is there a big difference in terms of show ratio versus virtual telesales? Dude, my show ratio was the same when I was booking over Zoom and FaceTime compared to driving to people's houses. Like my show ratio, at best, it's always been at best. I guess it was seventy percent, but it's always averaged sixty percent. So you know, some weeks is a little bit lower, some weeks higher. Um, but my average has always been 60%. So I just always had to remember, okay, I just got to get more appointments because I know 60, only 60% are going to show up. So, I mean, that, that might be because, I mean, you trained on, on tel- telephone uh, booking appointments last time. And I, I think it's because of the, your solidification, your tie down and telling them to, to grab a piece of paper, write down your name. You make them repeat the, the time again to you. I, I think for a, for a lot of people I talk to, they're, they're like, oh yeah, when I switched over from, in home to doing it virtual and telesales, like, you know, you got, you got double your appointments or triple or quadruple your appointments because the show ratio is significantly lower. And I mean, I, I personally don't know because I don't like to book appointments. <laughs> like we our, our old, uh, our old, uh, one of our forward bosses was like, he's like, you know, how to never to get no show. Don't have any appointments. Just show up. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so if I get people on the phone, I just try to do one call close. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a matter of follow-up you know when yeah they, they don't decide on the spot or yeah, if it's cause, one-legged because sometimes you, you'll get them on the phone and then they're like oh i'm actually at work right now can you call me back and then you know you're like yeah sure what's when's when's a good time for you they're like they're like well, i'm i'm off at four i'm like cool call for ghost <laughs> yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah and that's just that's just a natural part of it so for we, even with the same show ratio then for you to do the 45 families what's your regular weekly appointments then yeah, so I was I was running about 30 to 35 appointments every single week and I'm sitting about 60% of them so I was typically typically getting between 15 to 20 sits okay and then out of my presentations I was closing about if I sat if I sat 15 I would close between 8 to 12 uh sometimes a little bit less my my closing ratio is a little bit less virtually versus in person but I'm fine with that. Um, I'll just run more. Right. I'm cool with it. You're saving the time on the drive. Saving the time on the drive. And if I get no-showed, I got, boom, I got an hour. I can book two or three more appointments for tonight or the next day. So. And you don't need to be sweating in, the, in a sweater vest and a bow tie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you're doing this throughout the United States, right? Not just California? Yeah. So just, I'm doing it uh, across the country. So I, I have like 20 to 25 non-resident licenses. That I've been working with. So, so what's the earliest time frame for someone working in California? Um, what's the earliest time frame do you start? Because of course you're dialing Central, you're dialing Mountain, you're dialing Eastern. Oh, dude, I, I used to do like the five a.m. dial sessions. Yeah, but until like nine p.m. But dude, I, I got burnt out doing that. So I, I'm just like, dude, I'd rather 
wake up, start dialing 730, 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. We'll wake up, hit the gym first, then start dialing. Okay. And then I dial in time blocks. So I'll dial for like four hour time blocks. So eight to 12, I'm dialing, take a break, hop back on the phones at two or three, dial till the job's done. And I always, I always set activity-based goals. I, I don't really set um, number-based goals So, or, or, or sales-based goals. I always set, hey, minimums, I want to work 40 hours this week. So I'm going to book, I'm, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to make at least a minimum of 500 phone calls for the week. Okay. Or I'm going to help, or I'm going to run 30 appointments minimum. So to, to book 30 appointments, how many, how many calls do you need to make in a day? And you do, usually, I'm, I'm assuming you do twice a week. Yeah. So those. usually to get, to get to 15 appointments, it's going to take between 300 to 400 dials typically. And in a day. take a step back on that to get to those appointments. How many leads do you need to dial fresh leads? Cause you're, you're doing this weekly consistently. Yes. So uh, I'm getting about 30 to 40 IVR mortgage leads and I'm getting about a hundred and that's a week. And I'm getting about a hundred internet data leads a week as well. So what does that run you for your weekly lead bill? Um, About dollars a week. Pretty, pretty standard. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I mean, if if you, so you guys extrapolate those numbers, I mean, 40 families helped. That'll get you to the Hall of Fame if you do it consistently, you know, 10, 10, 11, 12 months. Right. Yep. Okay. And, you know, we recognize people are people and sometimes it's not always consecutively every single 12 months, but that's why you got 12 months. Right. But, um, yeah, if, if and every, everyone says, like, if you want to hit Hall of Fame, you got to spend like dollars a week on leads. And if you can do that, and does it really matter what type of leads? No, it doesn't. Oh, just, want, just wanted to, 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 I already knew that answer. I just wanted to have you reaffirm <laughs> that for everybody. <laughs> you can't go wrong because if you look at it 100 new fresh leads plus 30 to 40 additional mortgage high intent leads because you're paying 35 dollars on them mm-hmm. when you're talking about a, a 100 internet data what type um because I, I heard you on monday you were calling like ethos abandoned yeah. lead cards yeah ethos abandoned lead you were calling cards. like instant leads before yep. diamond leads h leads yeah what type of uh variety do you like or anything spe- specific dude all of all of them yeah, so uh, I'll I'll run a mixture of the mortgage and a mixture of ethos abandoned cart leads, as well as uh, instance one month. And not to share your secrets, you're you're licensed in 25 states. Do you pick one? Because I mean, there's leads everywhere, right? Do you have a specific? Yeah. Do you have any favorite states? I would say. Uh, I like Missouri. I don't know why. I just, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You picked the middle one. I like the middle states. I like that. Yeah. Do you go by the heat heat map and look, let's see where the huge concentration, does that help your influence your decision? Yeah. Um, I I was, I ran Missouri mortgage like a year ago. Okay. And then I just, I kept my license. So now I'm just like, okay, I'll just get internet leads there and work, work out of those. Yeah, sometimes it's just it's not even personal preference. It's more of like great experience from it. Like you had multiple sales in one state, and you know, I favor this state over the other. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's all biases we develop. All yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we have one old coworker from our old company. Uh, she's our good friend. She hates our city of Bellflower. She's like, I can't sell in Bellflower. I love Whittier. I love this part. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's down the street from each other. <laughs> Dude, that's funny. <laughs> well we all develop these little quirky like idiosyncrasies along the way you know? yeah so we it, and we get so it's hard it's hard for people to convince us otherwise yeah but 
I mean, like if it if it serves you, like, and you have other alternatives, great. But if if uh, other people are doing it within that same the same parameters, like it's probably you. Yeah. And then now you start building cognitive biases and stuff. And like, ah, oh, man, this it's true. This is really what's happening. Missouri's great. This other state sucks. I'm not going to buy anything from there. What, what what advice would you give to an agent that's struggling? Because you've been there. Appreciate the transparency, by the way. Yeah, yeah you mentioned just recently you had like a, a low yeah. production. Yeah, dude, it's it's a it's a roller coaster. Um, if you don't control your yourself, like, um, I would just I would tell a producer that's struggling is is like, hey, dude. A lot of times we're too self critical. Um. I guess some people maybe aren't self-critical enough. Um, but if you can take responsibility for where you're at in your own business, you should, because that's how you make it. That's how you fix it. Um, once you can take responsibility for where you are in the business and if you're struggling, don't be afraid to reach out to me, reach out to Albert, reach out to John, reach out to people for help on how to work your way out of the position of, of struggling. Like, I've been up and down this roller coaster so many times over the last two years that I understand that, like I said earlier, this business is fun when you're talking to people about insurance. The only times it's not fun is when you stopped talking to people about insurance. Mm. So if you can just get back to the basics of, okay, I'm going to get 100 leads. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to make 400 dials today, or I'm going to book 15 appointments. If you can set daily activity-based goals like that, it's really hard to not go out and make 500, 500 phone calls a week and not find some laydowns. That's always been my goal. That's still my goal today because I don't consider myself the, uh, the best uh, presenta- presentation maker. I'm not that great at sales, but I'm really okay with sitting down, dialing the phone to go find some laydowns because people, we don't, I don't think we sell insurance. I think people just buy it truthfully. Like you can't say the wrong thing to the right person. And there's always a certain number of people in any lead stack that are going to buy insurance and are just waiting for you to call. Most people just aren't willing to sit down and make the dials to find them. Um, And I can tell you guys that because I've been in so many points in this business where I have debt with America or I got chargebacks and I I got like less than $1,000 to my name. And I'm like, dude, I need to make some money, Albert. <laughs> and I sat down and I dialed old leads that I already bought and already worked. And I find one or two laydowns that I missed. Mm. And, you know, at one time I, I booked this family in Hesperia five minutes from my house and I went to their house and I was at a low point in the business and it was a laydown. I helped him and hers for, I helped for over four families wow. in that house, over four applications, Americo, all immediate issue, immediate deposit. So it put me right back into the business. And it, so I, I've, I've done that so many times, Albert, that I know it's just a matter of, okay, I got to hit these daily activity-based minimums to go sell the laydowns so I can stay in business next week. Isn't it funny? Cause like you, you go through those moments when you're struggling and then all of a sudden you things fall your way and you, you get, you get make some sales and you're just like, man, if I only just been doing this the whole time or I don't let myself fall into this position again and, and fall behind, I wouldn't have to deal with this. I'm, I'm not going to have to have this happen again. And then, you know, of course you do it again. Cause that's just how we are. <laughs> yeah. Dude. And then you got to build up too until you get to the point where, you know, you have these 
good habits. Yeah, dude. And and for the longest time, for two years, you know, the most families I had helped was like 25. And I'm seeing people put up all these crazy numbers. And I'm like, how in the world are they doing this? Mm-hmm. Like, I have no idea how to do this. Like, I, and I was so self-critical and, and self-analytical. And what I realized was, well, one, I just had to double my my lead, my lead um, uh, investment. Um, and two, doing it virtually helped me in order to help break past that too, because I'm able to spend more time running more presentations. Um, but dude, it, it, it's a hundred percent possible to break through the, the, the barrier that you think you have in this business. It's a hundred percent possible. Um, the only thing is you have to, you have to stay here long enough in order to break through it. Uh, and a lot of times I've seen so many people who have done way more than me. Uh, and I thought, man, I can never do that much. Well, they're not here anymore. I am. Right. And at take, the, that. take that. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? So I don't know. No, it's all, it's all a mental game. Cause yeah. I mean, it's not that people don't have the ability to do it. It's just they hit a rut in their mind and then they, they tell themselves like, that's the story they've created in their head. Yeah. Like I can't do this or, or, or this is too tough. Where in reality, it's like your, your thinking's just broken. That That's all it really comes down to. As far as the function, it's like, keep yourself busy, talk to enough people on insurance, get enough leads. You'll find the laydowns. And I think you, I think you're, you're not giving yourself enough credit or you're being a little too humble in the situation. You're, you're not one of those like high pressure, like aggressive, like type of closers. But the thing is, it doesn't mean that you can't sell. It's just, yeah. Why wouldn't you take all the laydowns that comes with the activity and then influence the other ones that you that are kind of on the fence? Yeah. And I think it's a, it's a matter of his grit and resiliency compared to other people. Like sometimes you can have the high skill, but what's really great for him, he took away the, the professional salesman skill. He's building the professional appointment and disciplined appointment setting skills. And if he can control that, then it doesn't matter what he says. He has enough people to sell. He has enough um, expectancy on the laydowns. Dude, a hundred percent. Right. Working from, working from a position of power rather than working from a position of need. Yes. And, but, but, you know, that's real. I think that's really encouraging to, to hear that from, you know, that you, that you helped over 45 families and you struggled the previous months or thought about quitting. And cause I think, I think that part of the business is not really exposed too often. People just look at it's the, the, you're looking at all the top producers and you're like, well, I must be doing something wrong, but you're not looking at their entire picture. I mean, they're, they're dealing with problems that, that you're not willing to deal with right now. Yeah. Right. So I, I think I think we just got to be realistic about that and just kind of set those expectations for ourselves and just understand where you stand. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can go back. So, you know, you said April, May, you started having a change, but June is what changed. And you said it made it more fun again. So what triggered in your mind? What what mind shift? What outlook or perspective that, that made you want to dial? Dude, so I started I had. I started doing things outside of insurance. So I started like auditioning for short films. I okay. started, um, I, I applied back to school. Like I wanted to get back into theater. Um, so it was just starting those things and then moving down to Fullerton. Like that was the goal is I wanted to move down here. Um, so that would, that gave me even more incentive to sell. In it costs more down it here. Costs, it costs more down here. <laughs> yeah. Moving is, is expensive. And I was like, thank God for insurance. I don't know what I would have done without it. So 
you know, all these little costs add up once you once you start moving. You're like, oh man, I gotta keep the U-Haul another day. Oops, <laughs> my car battery died. Okay, so I see it now. So you got you got a new fresh excitement somewhere else. Fr- that yeah. carried it over here. Yeah, that gave me even more incentive to to be able to work hard because, you know, I have it was more than just like dialing, you know, dialing dialing the day away. Yeah, it came more about like, okay, now this is my time. This is my set structure to dial. This is my set structure to do the things that I'm really passionate about, and it so it it kind of gave me incentive to to work harder at both. You rediscovered a new why. Yeah, right. yeah, you were like before at the start. What am I working Hall of Fame for? Now you're like, I need to pay for my tuition yeah. for my acting classes. I gotta work. Yeah, I got. I want to buy. I want to get into this acting class. I gotta sell some insurance. <laughs> there you go. That's pretty cool. I mean, I, I think I think it's it's pretty ironic that the second you stop trying so hard to be chasing Hall of Fame and someone else's goal. And you started just like, just run, just, just doing things, focusing on the activities. And then all of a sudden, like your activity, your production more than doubled. Yeah, dude, it was crazy. Yeah. It, it, it was crazy. Okay. Well, so being that there was different versions of Sam, let, let's focus on, on this 45 in a month, the, the good Sam. Yeah. All right. The high producing Sam. What's your routine look like during that time? Okay. So uh wake up five 30 or five actually, uh, hit the gym, work out, uh, get back home, shower, uh, dial. If it's a dial day, hop on the phone, seven 30, uh, start dialing to book appointments, dial from seven 30 to 12, uh, get off, uh, go eat food and then, um, take a little bit of a break and then hop back on the phones around two o'clock, three o'clock and dial till about seven. Um, Usually I'm sitting around pretty good between 15 to 18 appointments around at the end of the day, uh, doing that sitting around 300 to 400 dials. And then, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, easy days virtually. Cause I have appointments. I don't have to dial the phone again. Uh, if I get no showed or if I'm behind on my appointment count, I can, I have an hour to dial until my next appointment. Um, so that that's what I would do is I would do that for Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday, same thing, Friday, Saturday. And then um, the cool thing is with virtual, man, is like once my day's done, my day's done. I don't have to drive home. I'm already home, you know. So it gave me more time to spend with my family and to spend on the things that I want to do. Uh, and I was able to work in my 30 appointments a week in between all that stuff. And it definitely felt like work-life balance, I guess. It, there's never balance, but we could call it that here, you know. Yeah. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. And then lastly, aside from money, Sam, what do you do this for? I like being able to help my mom. Uh, cause she's on disability. So she doesn't, you know, she needs help every now and then. Um, but dude, like, you know, I, I lost my dad when I was 19. So I know life insurance is important. Did he have life insurance? Yeah. He had a work policy, but he, uh, he passed away very quickly. So it actually paid out. Uh, before the disability ran out so he was covered at the time um so i know i know how important it is uh and i do i actually do enjoy it like i enjoy the work like i feel i feel like it feel you you feel fulfilled when you're working hard and you're you're accomplishing activities you know or you're getting you're getting like i said i was going to do 300 dials today i made that a goal last night and i got it done yeah, you felt productive. You felt you feel productive and you feel like a good worker. And 
it's really cool. Like we're really blessed to be able to show our families what we can bring in and what we can provide for them. You know, um, I'm able, I'm able to help not provide, but I'm able to help, you know, take care of my girlfriend if she needs it too. You know, we live together. So, um, it's just, it, it feels good to be able to do that. And we're really, really lucky. Like, like, dude, if, if you look at like what normal people bring in a year or what they can make a month and what we can do, we're really, really lucky. Like we need to not be negative and not be complaining, you know, just cause we're going through a hard patch or a hard week. Like we need to, if we can focus on being grateful and focus on gratitude and have that reflect back into our work, sky's the limit, dude. Love it. Okay. Well, sorry. That was my soapbox. No, no, no. I mean, I, that, that, I think that's exactly what a lot of people needed to hear. So, um, so first of all, I appreciate you coming in. You know, we're, uh, we're happy to have Sam, you know, around more often and we'll definitely have you on again uh, for, for all of you guys. I mean, look, if you guys have been through your ups and downs, this is, this is a, another prime example of what you can do if you just stick with it long enough, you know, focus, re, get, get refocused on the things in which you, you got into this business for, you know, take, take, take Sam's lead. And then, you know, just go out there and just focus on the activities that you actually can't control. There's lay down, lay down sales for all of us out there. Right. 100%. The only thing is you need to have enough uh, leads and you need to have an appointment. So that, that part starts with you. Okay. You gotta, you gotta be willing to invest in your business and willing to put in your work. And after that, you know, let everything else kind of just take its course and then keep learning from there. Uh, anything else you want to add? No, um, focus on the activity. Like what, what Sam is saying, you know, figure out your role and then figure out what excites you. If you get excited, you're excited to, to work. You're excited to make money. You're excited to spend the money. So let's go out there and let's go do the same. Let's go be lead, guys. Appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Hope you guys enjoyed the video. Thank you guys once again for supporting. If you guys want to see more of that, please make sure you like, subscribe. Uh, click on this link here to subscribe. Click on this link for the next video.